0: We've got somebody on with us today. I forgot who it is. We're having so many people come in and just be with us. Well, revolving it's via, door here. Yeah, it's via <laughs> Skype, anyway.
1: Lisa Anderson is the director of Boundless.org and young adults at Focus on the Family, and hosts the Boundless radio show and podcast. And she's a friend of ours here on Perry and Shauna Mornings.
0: Nice to talk with you again. It was ten months ago. I was noticing on Skype we have such a close friendship. You know.
2: <laughs> well. Well, you guys caught me at the perfect time because I flew in last night from Branson, Missouri and fly out tomorrow for Cleveland. Oh, so my goodness. My one, one day in the office here. So,
0: Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. Who's the one that says,
2: "Boundless Show? <laughs> uh, his name is Jeff Kaler. He was the first audio engineer of our show, and he is now a worship leader in Hong Kong. Oh, wow.
0: Of course That's he awesome. is. Yeah. If you've got yep. a whisper like that... You're going to end up a worship leader in Hong Kong.
2: I'm pretty sure he even came up with the idea to do that. So he's a very creative guy, very savvy. Lisa, we went to chat
1: with you today about the art of setup. I have to tell you, I have been married 28 years, and my husband and I were set up by our fathers, his dad and my dad. Woohoo! All right, see, it works. So tell me, what do you mean when you say the art of the setup?
2: Well, it's funny because I think, you know, you, you go back a couple centuries and this was like the only way it was done. People introduced people to people exactly like your situation, people who know and love you well and are like, here's a great person to meet and possibly marry. And sometimes it was even more structured than that of like, here's the person you are going to marry. Yeah. But somehow we've gotten all weird about that. And even Christians today are like, oh, Don't interfere with my love life. I've got it, you know, and so we do everything in isolation. And as a result, you know, all of us singles are like online or doing speed dating or doing weird apps and stuff. And we've left everyone out and it's kind of causing probably more problems for us than it would if we were just like willing to put up with the awkwardness of, you know, maybe you need to be set up. But there is, I kind of call it an art because there is an art. You don't want to be set up by anyone and you don't want to be set up with everyone and right. So there are some nuances in it. All right. What are some of those nuances? Yeah. So I mean, really, like when I think the first thing I think of in in the whole setup process is to get the team of people that you want to invite into this process. So I often jokingly, well, maybe it's just half jokingly, tell the story of my mom who was, you know, one of these gregarious, outgoing, willing spirits um, in this in this job? And well, she calls me up one day. She lived in the Midwest. She's now with Jesus, but she was like, Lisa, there was a new single man in my church, and you have to meet him the next time you come out here. And I'm like, oh, mom, okay. Well, tell me about him. What does he do? How did he end up in the church? What's he about? And she's like, oh, no, I haven't met him. I just saw the back of his head.
0: Oh, scary. And I'm like, really?
2: So this is what it's come to, Mom, that now you're just going to set me up with people who the back of their head is the determining factor. And she was all offended and stuff. And I'm like, Okay, no. I had to fire her from my team. Mm -hmm. She was an awesome prayer warrior. So I kept her on prayer. But as far as the practical boots on the ground element, no, she was done.
0: In your mom's defense, the back of his head was beautiful.
2: It probably thing. was. She's not even sure he's single. He just happened to show up at church by himself. Well, you know, then, then she, <laughs> I think she did ask someone okay. it, and someone said it's a single guy from, so she had heard kind of sideways about that, but that right. was all she had. So then it was like, well, let me just call my daughter and tell her that, you know, from several States away, this is <laughs> going to be a potential. So in, in getting this person, you know, getting these people, you want to find people who, Love the Lord, who are, you know, they're they're they have common sense, they have wisdom, they're kind of well connected, and they're the people who are willing to jump into this space for you. So they're like, they know and love you well, and they also have a wide network of people, and so they're kind of like, and you can help them in this process, like you know, okay, here's kind of, you know, the type of person I am, here's what I'm looking for, here's what stage of life I'm in now, whatever. And maybe they'll offer you some advice along those lines as well. But they're just people that want to help and actually have the wisdom and the discernment to be able to do that. And so you want those people on your team. Okay. And, you know, so again, this isn't like, open season on the single people. So, you know, oh, well, you're, you're male, you're female. Let's just, you know, put you two together. You know, you, you, you're given a select few, some power here and some influence in the process. You're not going crazy. And so then once you do, you know, then they kind of can keep their eyes open for you. They're going to be like, you know, maybe here's someone that could be a potential. Maybe they're even going to be a person who hosts something that they can invite you to. That's a great, easy entry you know a lot of people are like i don't want to be just thrown in a restaurant with this person Mm. well maybe they can have like a game night or have a dinner party and they invite the two of you along with maybe some others over so it can be very you know suavely done it doesn't have to be super awkward in the process and then further down the line they're also going to be the ones who are in your business helping you kind of sort out some of the pros and cons helping you identify red flags so again these people care for you and they're willing to stay invested
1: Lisa Anderson is with us today. She's the director of Boundless.org and Young Adults at Focus on the Family, and she hosts The Boundless Show, the radio show, and podcast, and she's here with us today to talk about the art of the setup. You know what I'm talking about. If you're single, you know, everyone's a matchmaker.
0: All right, Lisa, talk to mom, talk to dad. They just got to be a part of setting things up. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, um, no, they don't, first Mm -hmm. of all. Now, ideally, I mean, if they if they are, you know, that person, and if they have a close relationship with their adult son or daughter, that is great. That's fabulous. But often, it's maybe more those friends, but not necessarily peers. Like I always tell my audience, you know, you're going to have some friends who might want to set you up. But maybe they're kind of your peer in age and demographic, but they themselves are married, so they have other friends who are single. Or maybe it's just an awesome mentor couple in your church that has a little bit of distance from you, so it's not mom and dad, but they're still wise. They've still done marriage for several or more years or decades. And they just kind of have that you know praying spirit and that kind of adventurous spirit to say, oh we know how to we know how to make this happen we can help this out and of course you know when you're a young man or a young woman it's a lot easier to be approached by just a precious older person who says you know hey i've got someone for you Than the arrogant younger person who's your peer, who's like, you need to get married and stop messing around and be, (laughs) so, you know, sometimes it's just easier to take from an older saint in your church or, or elsewhere. So mom and dad, you know, maybe, maybe you'll have a more involved role, but maybe not, but be willing to let your son or daughter kind of take the lead on that and give you a role, which you can have a role, but be okay with what you're given.
0: So you're saying that there is a possibility in which, I might be able to set up my daughter, Kaylee.
2: Well, I feel like, Perry, you're sounding a little too eager about Yeah, that. I know. Like he's, <laughs> He just keeps rephrasing
1: the question, Lisa, asking for permission of some sort. It, like, how do I phrase like, this? He's like
2: asking three times. Yeah, no, yeah I mean, same question. There is totally a chance. And again, but you just got to be chill about it, Perry. you got to be like, hey, you know. And I mean, you're going to probably be given one chance and that's it. So use that chance wisely. I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out. Maybe get some reconnaissance from some other folks too as to what your selections look like. That might be helpful.
0: I'm on a mission.
2: <laughs> yep. I know. <laughs> Sounds like it. Okay.
1: So how is the setup viewed in today's dating world?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of like, they, in their heads, they're okay with it. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, people get set up. And, and certainly, ideally, you know, people always say, well, ideally, I'd love to just meet this person in real time and real space. So sure. even though while online dating no longer has the stigma it once does... I mean, this idea of like the very romantic notion of, oh, we were introduced by friends or whatever is great. And so, but the, when it comes down to the practicalities of it, I think a lot of people are gun shy because they're fearful. Yeah. You know, again, maybe they don't have the best communication skills and they're like, I'm literally going to do coffee or dinner with this guy. And I got to come up with conversation. And what if just from the get go, it's kind of awkward. And so it's, it's hard. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there, put your best foot forward and realize, and this is where I always tell singles, remember, this is just a brother or sister in Christ. This is not, no one should be writing their name with this guy, you know, and seeing how you're, Your name fits with his last name.
1: (laughs) We did that. Oh, sure. We did that in high school. I
2: remember doing that. Totally. Yeah. No one should be picking out China patterns and being all putting all this import on it. Again, this could be a potential friend. You could both be, if you're mature adults, you could both be like, that was great. I don't really see it going anywhere, but thank you for your time. I mean, again, just see where it goes and go in with the mindset that you're just giving it a chance and you might get a great friend or acquaintance out of it. And don't be afraid if that happens, that's totally okay. In fact, I went out on, I was set up with a guy who, no joke, you guys, during the course of our conversation, I found out that he was in the process of chewing sandwiches into the shapes of all the world's countries. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) so it's a little personal project of his, which I was like, oh, (laughs) scary alert. This is like weird hobby central. (laughs) But here's the deal. This guy owned his own business. Turns out, as I found a little more of the story, they would had flooding in their area. The Salvation Army had donated a bunch of sandwiches. He distributed as many as he could. And then he was just like... I'm going to try to chew this into the shape of Belgium and just, oh, you know, for fun. Word. Well, it turns out he got a quirky Facebook page up about it, So it ended up being fun. Yeah. Long story short, it was a long distance. It was when I was traveling <laughs> to visit family. Didn't work out. He's now married with two adorable kids. So normal people, even if they chew sandwiches into the shapes hmm. of countries, are out there. So give it a chance.
1: When my dad said, okay, my buddy and I were golfing and he's got a son who's single and you're single. So we're going to set you guys up. My response was, I love you. I will go out with him once because I love you out of respect for you, but that will be the end of that. And I don't want to hear another word about it.
2: (laughs) And there you go. And was the first date. I mean, so it really, it was it really good on the first date or were you kind of like, you had to decide about Eh, should I take this anywhere else?
1: Yeah, no, it actually was, it was good before the first date because he called to ask me out and then I was leaving the country. And so I put it off for three weeks and I thought, I'll just go out with him right before I leave the country. That'll just make it easy for things to (laughs) just disseminate while I'm gone. And so, but the conversations that happened over the phone before our first date even were, you know, kind of connecting our hearts. So yeah, it was good. Dad did good.
2: Yeah. See, that's super good. I mean, I, you know, again, I was set up with another guy by family friends. They were friends of my parents. So kind of in that older generation and he ended up again, I'm still single, so it didn't work out, but he ended up being a quality guy. I think we talked for like, that was another kind of long distance one. See, here's my problem. (laughs) Okay. So that, but we ended up talking, I think for like three and a half hours over dinner and it was just great. A lot of commonalities in ministry and kind of purpose and stuff. And, and we're still kind he and his now wife and i are still kind of in touch so so again i think it just it just requires maturity to go after it and be like yes i'm willing to meet this person of course you know and just be like god knows i mean he shapes our stories he knows what what the end goal and the end game is going to be and so we can be okay in trusting him with that and just having fun in the process and seeing where it goes
0: so, you know, you have a, an, an amazing ministry with singles, you know, you've got the radio show Boundless and you are single and, you know, we're just in a really crazy time in the world. And I'm just wondering, what are the things that are rising to the surface as you journey with other singles?
2: Yeah, well, Perry, they are legion. Um, I can't, in fact, I just told someone the other day, I was like, I'm just looking forward to to publishing an innocuous dating article on our site. Mm, (laughs) Because after this last year and a half, I mean, we kicked it off with the pandemic and singles in isolation, because that was a very big reality for our audience. You know, they're just in their apartments, living alone, or maybe they were in a college dorm and they ended up getting sent home or whatever. And dealing with isolation and loss was huge uh, for young adults and for singles. And of course, then we had to navigate everything from, from George Floyd and the upheaval in the country and moving into the election. And I mean, we, we certainly have walked through elements of Of uh, some of the more cultural issues, like, you know, what happens around Pride Month and what does that look like? And so a lot of very serious things. You think even economically, as a result of the pandemic, many young adults were furloughed from their jobs. And so now they're back in the job market competing with so many folks, trying to figure out, okay, am I going to have to restart my career? Do I kind of go in a different direction? What does it look like, you know, to kind of get my feet under me? And so really i think for for our young adults we're just trying to keep them grounded in christ and say look mm-hmm. your days have been scripted out for you you're not going to be given that script you're not going to totally be able to look right in front of you and say oh exactly this is what i predicted no but you trust god who knows exactly what's up and can be trusted because he's good and so in the midst of that then what does it look like to live biblically, to think biblically, to love others where you are, to to work on the stuff that you can work on and have control over and trust God with the rest? So whether that's dating, whether that's kind of moving forward in your career, whether that's loving a family member or a neighbor who uh, is harder to love, that's kind of the space that we're in with with young adults who you know really and now boundless i mean we've for, forever been this you know mass of millennials you know in our sphere well now we have gen z coming up behind they're pretty yeah. different from millennials yeah. in in many ways and so kind of uh, occupying that space with both of them is a challenge but it's also really great it's really a privilege and and so i hope folks who are listening who aren't single maybe aren't even young adults will be inspired to look around your churches and your neighborhoods and say who is one of these younger folks that I can take under my wing and kind of help them through this season and encourage them and have them over and fold them into your family. It's just a great ministry that you can have to the people. You know, many young adults are not, they're not around their community. Maybe they move to a new city for a job or for college and they don't have their family near them. They don't have their community near them. So they need to build community and you can be a part of that.
0: Hey, maybe you're single and, maybe you moved to west michigan and you just feel really lonely and we just thank you for you know listening to us and we want to encourage you and just encourage you to go to this website of Lisa Anderson and just be a part of the this this particular community yeah we want you to get connected here in west michigan but boundless is a great way
1: that's a great community Lisa Anderson is the best the organ, or excuse me the website is boundless.org boundless.org Lisa, in our conversation earlier today, you mentioned putting together a team of people like selecting, carefully selecting three people intentionally that you trust to be a part of your dating team. So much so, your trust is so much so in them that if they, all three said, listen, this person you're spending time with is a no-go, you would literally stop dating that person. No questions asked. So (laughs) I'm curious, who is your dating team and why did you select them specifically?
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I even I put that specifically in my book, The Dating Manifesto, and it's kind of one of the more controversial things I put out there. People question me on it. They're like, seriously, because those three don't have to be your whole team. You can have a bigger team, but there are three people on that team that you give a special superpower. And that Mm -hmm. is exactly what you said, that if all three of them and they are wise, Jesus loving people who are willing to be truth tellers, they all decide that this person that you're dating is a loser you're gonna cut it off questions asked. And that is because when we date, we lose our minds. And so (laughs) this is where I use myself as the cautionary tale because I'm always braggadocious about how, like in the Myers-Briggs, I'm I'm a ENTP and my T is super, super high. So I'm like, I'm rational, you know, I can, I can see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be able to evaluate this. And then I like get to know a guy and I think he's amazing. And I'm like, ah! and I lose my mind. And all of a sudden I'm making excuses for all kinds of weirdness and, so I have to have those those people speak into me. So for for me personally, there are a couple folks in that sphere. One is one of the elders in my church and his wife, and they're just kind of like the remnants of the '60s kind of hippies who <laughs> I'm always shocked by how weirdly they're just willing to put things and be super honest with me. That's so awesome. I'm like, not many people are. So you guys are going to be on the, in that spot because yeah. I feel like you would just tell me, you know, even if I was, you know dating a a disciple or an apostle or something and you didn't like him, you tell me, you know, so not the case there. But anyway, Paul is not Um, good for you. I know. Well, no wonder he's still single, whatever. He's got a pass, um, man. But <laughs> there's a reason for it. Or as I like to say, single for a reason and not just a season. So there's definitely that category <laughs> of folks. You know, and then on that team, I actually have one of my best friends as well, because she too is a truth teller. Mm. She is very, she is the rational person who can be rational on behalf of someone else. And she knows me super well. She knows exactly, you know, what my own weaknesses are. And so she's just that great mirror to be like, oh, no, no. (laughs) So and I see her a lot. So I can't get away uh, with anything with her in that space. And then also on my team is another friend of mine who is the opposite of that friend. She is the precious, loving, gracious one. So I know that you know when I've got the three hard hitters, <laughs> I also have this super gracious friend who's gonna let me be kind of tearful about something And uh, she's still going to tell the truth, but she's also going to come with more softballs at it and kind of help me walk through it and process it a little bit more with her. So, yeah, so it's just kind of looking for those folks who can kind of play that role. And, but again, being willing to say hard things to you is so important because we can't let people get away with stuff because that's what's going to drive us into a world of hurt.
0: The difference between millennials and Gen Z, similarities and differences, what are you seeing?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, similarities in the sense of, you know, millennials were kind of branded as being the digital generation, Gen Z even more so. So any of us that are, you know, I'm kind of in that mid to late Gen X era. And then, of course, there are boomers out there, boomers who are employing millennials and Gen Z. So all those generations have differences. But just between millennials and Gen Z, You are now having such digital natives in your sphere. In fact, my... Intern this summer, we were talking about, you know, and this is very apropos, having just come off of 9-11, she was actually born, I want to say five months before 9-11. So we're talking about Gen Zers now who have no recollection. First of all, the presence of terror in the world has always been part of their DNA and their experience, Mm. but they don't have a a recollection of those direct acts. So think, too, of like, again, when you go back and thinking of, of older generations, Very few in Gen Z have personal experience, say, with someone who has been in a war. So, you know, for myself, who had, you know, grandparents and uncles who fought in wars and stuff like that, this generation, it's like, that's ancient history. That's in the history books. I mean, maybe a grandpa, you know, or in some cases, a great grandpa for them, if we're going back to like World War II and and earlier. So that kind of this history of connectedness and understanding the U.S. as kind of this thing and feeling that that camaraderie among folks. I mean, they're they're feeling it being more fractured in that sense. Millennials are probably a little more optimistic. Uh, In fact, millennials are paralleled a lot with like the greatest generation in the sense of wanting to dig in, wanting to be available, wanting to be hard workers. And Gen Z is kind of paralleling Gen X a little bit more, being a little cynical, a little bit like, is this ever going to turn around? Hmm. But I think, you know, for, for a large part, and we're talking Gen Z kind of like that born right around 1999, 2000, and then beyond uh, is what we're talking about Gen Z. So some of them are squarely in the teen space right now, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are college students. And so just kind of reframing the world, they're going to be maybe a little bit less materialistic uh, in some ways than than the millennials were and and not having to have all the latest and greatest kind of in that space. They're going to be a little more grungy kind of in their approach to things, a little more tactical and kind of bare bones. But so there's, pretty stark differences in fact my one of my employees is in his late 20s and he was talking to our intern and he's like wow I can't even relate to you and I'm like <laughs> if a 20 something can't even relate to wow. a Gen Zer oh wow we have some work to do
0: maybe you're about to embark on this great adventure of your first date or you know somebody who is
1: Lisa Anderson is the director of Boundless.org and Young Adults at Focus on the Family, and she hosts the Boundless radio show and the podcast. And working with singles, her ministry includes conversations about dating. What is your best advice for a freshman in college going on a first date, not just a first date, her first date ever?
2: Okay. A freshman in college. So Mm -hmm. I would say this is where I wish we could all put on the hats of like our grandparents who Mm -hmm. I remember speaking at an event and this precious older guy, because I was talking about the angst around dating and how everyone puts so much import on it and like, well... I don't know if I should go out with him unless I fully, you know, done the background checks and gotten all the recon from every person who's ever talked to him. And so they get, you know, so worked up about it. And this guy who was probably like in his seventies, he's like, Oh, I said, I don't even understand what you guys are talking about. Cause when I was in college, I would just ask out like three girls a weekend and see how <laughs> it went, you know? And so, but I think there's something that this precious freshman could learn from that. Again, it is just a date, you know, now you want to be intentional in your approach to dating. So it's not just casual, like let's go out for pizza for nine years, you know, but right. at the same time, you want dating to be fun. In fact, we, we published an article on boundless that was like the one thing you forget about dating. And it was this whole concept of having fun while you date mm. and and that's where I think you've got to be forward thinking in that and so I would tell her go out be willing to do this as long as the person's solid in the m- most important qualities they're of good character you know you've heard good things about them you feel like you want to go out with them you know it's kind of like okay I'll do that I'll give it a chance and then when you do, be ready with just some good questions. People tend to talk too much about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of my friends went out with a guy who the entire date just talked about all of his theological inclinations on every doctrinal issue. And she's oh, like, wow. Lisa, I just about, I dozed off about four <laughs> times, you know, and it's like, be, be interested in the other person, yeah. get, you know, in. And you don't, you know, memorize a few questions, you know, that's fine. Maybe don't write them on your hand, but if you can (laughs) keep them in your head, that's good. And just keep the conversation flowing. Don't, don't set up a first date that you, you think, or, you know, is going to go on for hours. Mm -hmm. Have it be easy entry, easy exit. So a coffee date or lunch, do it in a public place, something where, you know, maybe you can go for a walk around a park that has a lot of people in it, or you can do mini golf or do coffee or something like that, Uh, doing an activity with someone is often good too, because then it gives you a little distraction when you're having the conversation. So again, come up with a plan and have fun with it. Awesome.
0: I think you said easy entry, easy exit. (laughs)
2: Exit. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I'm thinking a diving board, you know, I'm on the end. (laughs) (laughs) There
2: you you go.
1: This is why his daughter doesn't want him to
2: set him up on a blind date. <laughs> He's trying. He's still trying. I don't know, Perry. You got to start with someone else's daughter. I think you be that third, you know, that third wheel person for some. Yeah, time. one, two, three. Not uh, it. Not my kid. Yeah, it's
0: gonna be, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard.
1: Uh, Lisa, I you're know. awesome. We enjoy. We enjoy you. You're just so fun to be with, and your wisdom taboo is just like the cherry on top. So thank you so much for your time today.
2: Well, I sure appreciate you too. So you guys do your part in helping those around you date well. And I think it'll be great for Grand Rapids and beyond.